Well, welcome, welcome to the Totally Normal Show. I am Lindsay Chrysler. We talk about love here. We talk about relationships. We talk about self-improvement. We talk about whatever is going on, whatever is really, really, really going on. And you are not alone if you are struggling with something or something's just like a little not right. You know, some days we're really struggle bus and then other days we're just like, things are just a little bit not right. Things are a little off or things are about to be really off or are we just coming off of things being off? And then sometimes you're in a smooth groove and you just want to hang out and you just want to listen to somebody be vulnerable and talk about their own life and maybe even feel a little bit better than them. (laughs) Or maybe you want to feel just entertained by somebody else's life. So I try to be as honest as I can be because honesty is the most entertaining thing. I try to be as knowledgeable and wise because being self-deprecating all the time and diminishing your own wisdom is also not that fun to listen to. And then I do not attempt humility and I do not attempt political correctness. So if you're in the market for one of those podcasts, this is not it. This is really about you and your love life and your questions and me answering them to the best of my ability and also sharing from my own life. If you have a question, we do listener questions on the show. You can always email the totally normal show at gmail.com. Today, we are not going to do a listener question. We are not. We are going to do a deeper dive into probably something I need to vent about, but I think it's really important. So the thing I want to talk about today, as I am sipping my new beverage, it finally came in the mail. I think I'm ready to tell you the brand and the situation. And it kind of goes with the theme. So the theme is being uncomfortable. I want to talk about being uncomfortable. And as you may have noticed on some of the podcasts, I was talking a lot about anxiety. And I noticed myself having more anxiety than normal. And I was up to two uh, oat milk lattes a day. We make them at home. Not paying for those babies. And that's two shots twice a day. So that's four shots of espresso. That's two cups of coffee a day. For some people, no big deal. For me, we started going down the anxious belly route. And when I had big events, like planning a wedding, or if I have a big launch, or like something's going on and big with my work, I think it makes sense. But I'm in a period of fall and the season's changing and resting and digesting and really feeling what's going on and what's next for me. And I noticed feeling too much anxiety. Not that like perfect dose of excitement and productivity from caffeine, but too much. So, you know, I did the things. I like talked about quitting for like years. <laughs> I talked about quitting for a while. I talked to my therapist about it. I talked about it with Robbie a bunch because we're kind of on the same train and it, it, you know, there's definitely impact if somebody quits or somebody drinks more. Like there's, I don't want to say enabling behavior, but there's some group think. That's what I'll say. Talked about it, talked about it. Finally, we decided to cut back. So we did half decaf for both drinks. This is way too much detail. I really need to learn about like the art of storytelling and sparing you some of the details of my intake. But anyway, and I decided to purchase a coffee alternative and I purchased mud water. This is not an advertisement for mud water, but I will say I have been impressed with their packaging, their branding, their um, pamphlet that comes with the little coffee substitute. It's an adaptogen mushroom coffee and they send you a little creamer packet and they send you a little sugar packet that's like coconut sugar, Lucato. I don't even know what Lucato is, but I saw it. it looks like a mango. 
and there's a little pamphlet and it's so beautiful looking. I was like, I'm going to read this freaking pamphlet. I never read pamphlets. What's gotten into me? He's dropping knowledge about meditation. He's dropping quotes from Terrence McKenna. He's dropping knowledge about breath work, about habits, about caffeine. He's donating to psychedelic therapy. This man is really on one and their marketing and branding is so good. And I love good branding. Love it. I love it. It really brings me joy. So I'm reading this little pamphlet and I'm genuinely getting inspired to make my second cup. So I had my first regular half cup and then I'm making my second cup right now and I'm drinking it right now and I put some whole milk in it for some pleasure and it's fine. It kind of tastes like a earthy chai. I thought that it was going to taste more like coffee, but it, it doesn't. The idea is that it replaces the coffee ritual, but it does not taste. It tastes more like chai than it tastes like um, coffee, which is a bummer because I love the taste of coffee, but I love the taste of chai. You know, I think it's the right season to try this mud water. So I'm drinking the mud water. I'm enjoying the branding. I'm talking to you all. I went to a one-on-one uh, training session to work with my fears around falling. That's how luxurious my life is today. I noticed a lot of activation. I noticed a lot of trauma stuff from past injuries, from past experiences of falling, a lot of fear. I've been noticing it coming up in my exercise classes. I've been noticing just the emotional things that come up in exercise class where when you're in certain contexts, it's not appropriate to just start crying in the middle of class. It's not necessarily like you don't know if it's going to be safe to let out those kind of emotions. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's places where it feels good to cry and there's places where it doesn't. In my exercise class, I have broken down into tears a couple times in this place. This is probably why I keep going back because it was fine. So I'm overriding. I realized today that I'm overriding a feeling in my exercise class quite a bit. And then I stop going because whenever I override my feelings and my boundaries with myself, I end up having to go away and quit and like get myself back. So that's why I kept stopping, I think, with going to exercise class. I've been going to the gym for four years, four years, and I'm not very consistent with it because I think I get scared. I think I get overwhelmed, and then I stop going, and then I get back, and then I miss it, and then I go back. So I hired a one-on-one trainer from my gym to work with me on sticking with the uncomfortable feelings, and he is the perfect person for me. He's super relational. He's super attuned. He's young. He's passionate, and he keeps telling me that it's okay to cry. I didn't cry today, first day. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start off with that big of a bang. Some of you are listening, like, you can cry. I'm like, nope, not yet. I am a big crier, but in a one on one setting in the daylight, ugh. We did this exercise where I was balancing and he had his hands and he's like, you can brace yourself and feel safe by holding my hand for, for balance. And y'all, I have done so many workshops around intimacy. I have worked my edges around intimacy so many times and I really wanted to tell him that, but instead what I did was like completely regress into a five-year-old. Like, I can't, I can't use you for help. I I don't know what. I'm like, I'm like laughing. I'm giggling like a girl. I'm crying. I'm being funny about my resistance. I had a whole song and dance about being self-reliant and not wanting to use him for support. After all the training I've been in, boom, new person who I I genuinely appreciate and I want him to like me. And here I am worried about holding his hands, even though that's his job. And I am literally paying him money to do that. 
it was like I was just all the way back at a dance when asking, like doing a first dance with somebody or something like that. Uh, humiliating, embarrassing, shame, emotions. I felt it all. And then I left and I felt good because I had faced my fears and my challenges. And I then started yawning and I'd feel, wow, working with activation in your nervous system is really intense. It's a little workout. And I want to talk about this in relationship land because I think being uncomfortable is so not the name of the game anymore, right? Like our whole life is about being comfortable, I think. I mean, unless you're an extreme sport person out there, but you're not listening to this podcast, let's be real. I think our whole life is about being comfortable, right? Being cozy, having the right like fabrics, having the right warm food. Like we are we are lucky people. We are lucky. We were not born a thousand years ago. We were born now where we have a lot of comforts. We have entertainment at our fingertips with our phone. We have water. We have food in the fridge. We don't have to go hunt for it, right? We are lonely. There's there's totally downsides to being alive right now. We're also incredibly lonely and isolated. But we have a lot of physical comforts at our fingertips. And then you get into relationship. I mean, even before you get into relationship, you start dating. And there's so much discomfort. There's so much discomfort expressing how you feel, liking somebody more than they like you, meeting somebody for the first time, being disappointed for the first time, having sex for the first time. Dating is vulnerability after vulnerability if you're really doing it. If you're being like an imitation of yourself or being a person that you think will be more likable, then you might be able to just kind of hang out above. But if you actually drop down and be yourself and let yourself feel your fear and your attraction and all of those things, dating is really uncomfortable. Some of us, me included, at times in my life have been so motivated to be in a partnership because the loneliness is sad or feeling like not part of community in that way or like not having somebody by your side. Like I've been so motivated that I've been willing to be uncomfortable in that arena so that I could be in a relationship. That's one place where I felt that way. At the gym, I'm like, I'm not going to be a bodybuilder. I'm not going to be like a yogi. I don't care. Why would I push myself to be uncomfortable? I just quit right? But with relationship, I'm one of those people that has been so motivated to do it that I keep going and I keep going until I have it. And I fight. I fight for relationship happiness. I have fought and fought and fought for years and years and years. I have, it's been my number one thing that I've been willing to grow in, in the hopes of having. Then you get into relationship. You kind of land into relationship. And then there's a whole nother sea of things that you have to have conflict over and you have to ask for things and you have to express things. And you also have to let it fucking go. You can't always bring your issues to your partner and have them resolve it for you. You have to let a lot of stuff go. You have to let a lot of your judgments of the other person go. You have to be grateful. Like you have to do your own work and manage your own anxiety a lot of the time. And you still have somebody that's available for your needs, but you can't like completely go crazy with that. You also can't not do it at all or you won't have closeness. You have to find this sweet spot. That is very uncomfortable. Then you get deeper and deeper into relationship, deeper and deeper, more time, more commitment, more time. And then it gets really comfortable. Cozy. Like you get a groove and that is your groove and you know the groove and you can depend on the groove. You know what kind of things you're going to eat, what kind of shows you're going to watch, what kind of activities the other person's going to do, what kind of things we're going to talk about, timing of like sleeping and how much sex to have. And you really start to get in the groove. Like the more you know somebody, the more you get into this almost 
habitual thing. And then you find yourself having to force yourself to be uncomfortable for the sake of the relationship. You have to talk about sex. You have to talk about money. You have to schedule in fun and intimacy and dates outside of the normal groove. You also have to schedule or plan ahead for uncomfortable conversations, big conversations. So there's the comfort middle zone, and then there's the extremes of having fun and having a hard time. You have to push yourselves into those directions at a certain point and actually work on having fun, work on having sexual intimacy, work on that polarity, that aliveness, that wildness. Like you have to like actually make it a a priority and set aside time and do it. And then you also have to set aside time for the hard, uncomfortable conversations like the burdens of life, the big decision-making things, the how are you really doing, like the intimacy. And you have to either hire a couple's therapist to work with you on that or you have to put it on your calendar and somebody has to drive. And it's not up to either person. It's just whoever can drive has to drive, even if it's the same person every time. That's okay. And, you know, sometimes we're not available for that. Sometimes we need to be in comfort. But there's a there's a certain diminishing rewards of comfort, right? Comfort, comfort, comfort feels so good, feels so good, feels so good. And then it gets a little bit boring. And I think I have a lower tolerance for being bored than most people. I think I'm always seeking more fun, more deeper conversations. Like I'm, I'm definitely the conductor of that train. Luckily, I have a partner who's grateful that I do all of that most of the time. I bring this up because I think so much of relationship issues are I'm uncomfortable Help me to not be uncomfortable. And I don't think that's really the way life goes. I think it's I'm uncomfortable and like I need support with being uncomfortable, but not 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 to be comfortable again. I think the growth edge and the learning edge and all that is so good. And we're just not taught how to do that. We're not taught how to seek that out. And so if you're feeling uncomfortable in your relationship or you're feeling uncomfortable being single, like you are experiencing pain, you are experiencing even worse suffering you're experiencing anxiety, you're experiencing loneliness, you're experiencing anger, rage, frustration, you're experiencing numbness to the point that it is really distracting you. Like that is just so normal. I just want to say that your discomfort is so normal. And I'm sorry that we don't live in a culture where that is really overtly celebrated and made space for. And I don't do it either. When somebody is uncomfortable in my life, I'm like, I want to fix it so bad. I want to fix it so bad. So I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. Part of the reason I have a coaching practice is like, hey, you are uncomfortable with dating. You're uncomfortable with the person you're engaged to. You're uncomfortable breaking up with this person. You're uncomfortable being married to this person. Like, let me support you. But so much of the real coaching work, I mean, if you were to just like, hey, support me, I'd be like, ah, let's like go shopping and let's like get you to exercise. I think in coaching, we actually get into the deeper like what is so uncomfortable and being with you in that and then seeing like what actually arises out of that space. Anyway, I don't know why I'm doing like a PSA for my coaching practice, but PSA, marketing pitch, what is that? I'm just saying I'm part of the, I, I'm part of the solution and I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I deeply believe in healing around our discomforts and like the beauty of being on our edge. And I also am like so afraid of people being on their edge and want to fix it for them so bad and want to help people and and rescue people from, from suffering. So that's my little rant coming from somebody who 
stood on a box that was two inches from the floor and with my eyes closed stepped off and I felt so activated and so uncomfortable and like I need a week off. That's what I needed. I'm so grateful that the trainer was so attuned. That's what I needed to actually work through these feelings. I need to go to that smallest micro movement to actually know what's going on with me and help myself. And that's what we can do in a relationship. I remember for so long, I had to just take a deep breath when I was feeling so urgent about getting married. I had to go in the closet and cry. I had to feel each feeling. And I think that's what we are just so not wanting to do in relationship. We just want it to be comfortable and easy all the time. And it's just not. It's not. It's another person and they have moods and you have moods. And if you're dating somebody, they have moods. They don't respond right away. It sends you into a tizzy. You have to work with that tizzy. It's exhausting. And I really think if you take it as we are here to develop and become more and more whole people who are more and more ourselves, I think all of that becomes fodder. It all becomes actual things that we can use. Our life experience becomes things we can use and we don't have to resist it so much and avoid it so much. Oh my God, I'm doing a whole talk right now. I'm doing a huge talk on discomfort. Who knew? I'm going to be back with listener questions next week. So write in, write in to the totally normal show at gmail.com. What you want to hear about, what you want to ask about, what you want to know about, you write in. This is your show too. And um, if you are wanting support with your discomfort, you can always go to my website, lindsaychrysler.com, but no pressure. And what else? Uh, I'm going to drink this mud water. Losing its appeal the colder it gets, but hey, 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 nobody's perfect. All right, y'all. That's the episode. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Mwah.